Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 28, 2017, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are starting Chapter 7, Working with Others, at the top of page 89. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with practical experience shows and ends with they are very ill. Today's readers are Esther F., Kathy F., Lisa B., Craig F., and Carmela G. Our newcomer greeter is Robin S. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday, August 27th, 2017's special edition meeting is 10-356-10356. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Esther F. and everybody, I hope you're having a good morning. Uh, I am going to read the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless, fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, after prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther S. I will now ask Kathy S. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Kathy F. from Massachusetts. Can you hear me? I hear you, Kathy F. Thanks. Um, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Cassie S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book at the beginning of Chapter 7, Working with Others, on the top of page 89. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with practical experience shows and ends with they are very ill. I will now ask Lisa B. to read that paragraph for us. 
Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Chapter 7, Working with Others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Well, this is so much here in this one paragraph. Um, The word immunity jumped out at me when I was reading this before I came on. And immunity, um, the word immunity means the ability of an organism to resist a particular infection or toxin, protection or exemption from something, especially an obligation or penalty. That's really important to me. Um, I want to be immune from relapsing into this illness. And when I look at the forward to the second edition, um, you know, Bill is talking about his experience in, in working with others. He had been trying to work with others by basically pulling them off of a bar stools and preaching to them. And Dr. Silkworth was able to remind him that what was effective for him was learning about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And when he traveled on his trip and he basically was able to meet with Dr. Bob, he was able to share that message. And it helped Dr. Bob and Dr. Bob got sober. And it says that this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as as no non-alcoholic could. It also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. I can have permanent recovery, but step 12 is is a vital part of that. Um, That word intensive means involving great effort or work. And I am uniquely qualified to carry this message because... I am a compulsive overeater. I've experienced permanent recovery. I, I have permanent recovery one day at a time, depended on my spiritual condition. But I learned through working with a recovered sponsor and her sharing her experience, strength, and hope, and really getting into the work of this book. It's really been this book that has carried the message, and my sponsor has been um, a vessel just transferring to me what, what the words meant to her and how she experienced the state of getting recovered. Um, the other thing I need to remember is remember they are very ill. And that says that same thing in the forward to the first edition. It says many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And I have to remember that this disease, this illness, eats away at my moral fiber, my emotional sanity, my spiritual being, my mental state, my physical state. And the thing is, all along, I don't think I'm really that sick. It's an illness that tells me I'm not that sick. So I have to remember that when I'm working with others. Also, when I work with others, I know for me, the only thing that helped was I needed to be out of ideas. I needed to see that this is not going away. It's only going to get worse. Um, And I think the other thing that jumps out for me is in Bill's story where it says, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, because that's the only solution for me, a spiritual life, well, how does he do that? Through work and self-sacrifice for others. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Melissa R. from Boston. I think I heard Melissa R. Melissa R. I think. Oh, Nessa R, not Melissa R? 
Okay. And yeah, um, there was a male voice I heard. This is Larry. Larry. Okay. And Melissa say. Okay. Oh, I did hear Melissa. Thank you, you for did, clarifying. See. <laughs> okay. So I have Nessa R, Katie G, Larry K, and Melissa C. Who did I miss? Okay. I guess you just all spoke at once, and it sounded like 100 people, but it was four. So Nessa R, go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, it's so good to be back on the line. I was overseas for um, for three weeks, and I missed you all. Um, the line that I like today is, you can secure their confidence when others fail. And the question that pops into my mind is, why? And in my experience, the reason is um, explaining two words, credibility and accountability. You know, before... Uh, before um, embarking in this program of recovery, I went to many, many experts of many, many kinds, doctors, nutritionists, therapists, exercise people, but none of them um, had any credibility because they had never walked in my shoes. They, they didn't think the way I think. They didn't feel the way I feel. They didn't eat the way I eat. They never experience the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind the way I do. And so they didn't understand me. And, and, and any, any suggestions they made, any recommendations, any treatments, it was all really frothy emotional appeal. And so they had no credibility. And because they had no credibility, they couldn't hold me accountable because I could just pull the wool over their eyes, you know, with a million reasons and a million excuses why this or that wouldn't work or wasn't appropriate or, or, or whatever. But, you know, um, a recovered uh, compulsive overeater is an expert. He's an expert in the disease, and it's also, more importantly, an expert in the recovery. And so they have the credibility, you know. That's, that's I guess, our responsibility. You know, a recovered compulsive overeater has a responsibility, Um because, you know, we are the same. We've been, we've been where we've been, um, all of us. And, and that credibility is something that, that um, tells me, well, if it works for you, then it can work for me too. And not only that, any excuses that I may give a recovered compulsive overeater are just going to be you know, brushed aside. I mean, they're going to uh, hold me to task and, 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 uh, and keep me honest and keep me straight. So uh, this is why, this is the answer why um, 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 we can help and nobody else can, credibility and accountability, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Katie G. Hey, Rebecca, may I be heard? I hear you, Katie. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for your service, and good morning, everyone. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, starting my timer in Boston. I love that it says um, nothing will so much ensure immunity from eating as intensive work with other alcoholics, right? It's not intensive success with other alcoholics because I have been in this program for 14 years and I have not always carried the message, right? Like I've also carried my mess as a a, um, sponsor and working with other women. Um, However, you know, somebody said to me um, that she had 100% with success rate with her sponsees. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. And she's like, well, she's like, I've remained immune from eating. And that is her 100% success rate. 
And, you know, I love this idea, too, of being immune. Like, I work in healthcare, right? And so every year they make sure, Katie, have you gone for your physical? Have you taken your flu shot? Have you taken these other medications? Why? Because I don't want to die. I don't want to die from um, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I don't want to die from all, from the medical conditions that I'm exposed to. And so in order to prevent death, this isn't like, hey, add this to your life if you want to get a little well-rounded. This is like, hey, you know what, KDG? You want to continue to grow? You want to continue to to thrive? Guess what? You got to continue to practice death of self for successful living, which basically means I need to continue to operate in in ways that are contrary to my primary thinking, right? So here's an example. Primary thinking, I'm not feeling well, and I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to take this phone call. What is my primary purpose? It is to stay abstinent and to help other women, right? And when I get on the phone, when I call newcomers, when I welcome people to the line, when I offer people what happened to me, it, there is like this magic. I can't, I can't tell you. I, I don't, I don't understand it except that it's God. I, I get the magic drug that I've been looking for because I'm no longer focused on me because selfishness, self-centeredness, that's the root of my problem. And it's not about success. It's about carrying a message, right? And and why can I secure somebody else's confidence? Like when doctors and nurses would look at me and say, oh, well, are you doing this? Are you doing that? There's always that part of me that was like, I don't really want to tell them. I don't want to be honest. There is something about you guys, that, and you all know this if you've talked to me, I get on the phone, there's like a magic me too factor. I can tell you the most intimate thing. Why? Not because you just know my problem, right? But because you're living in a solution, and that solution is always putting me back to God. And, you know, our message is we can live recovered one day at a time, and we can do so as we all share so joyously. We can do so happily. And so I'm going to continue to show up one day at a time and to try and carry this message. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Katie G. Larry K. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So, you know, um, it strikes me, you know, from the time of Abby Thatcher, um, Bill's old drinking buddy, that childhood friend, when he showed up at Bill's New York apartment, he was sober, he was fresh-skinned and glowing. He was intent on passing on to Bill a solution to his his problem, his alcohol problem. And from that time on, you and I were given a gift. And the, the, the concept that one alcoholic talking to another, you know, espousing the need for a spiritual transformation through sharing our wrongs, surrendering of our past, restitution to others for harms done, listening for God's will and trying to carry that out to the best of our ability, all, all those kind of Oxford group tenants. That's the gift that provides true freedom. And what the AA pioneers did is they, they organized, they, 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 they codified the Oxford group tenants into what later became the 12 steps that you and I practice to become untethered from this disease. So as we trudge, you know, we're trudging each day, we're free from bondage. Well, we, we pass it along, it's a gift, it's, it's unearned. It must be given away if we're going to keep it. And I share it, this message, because God has done for me what I, I couldn't do for myself. There, there, there's no scorekeeping. 
there's no desire for a notch on my belt as if I'm as if, as if I'm some authority. I'm going to give you a spiritual awakening. What are you kidding me? That's that's not what what's happening. I'm just holding the lantern, you know, and and, and sharing what's been given to me. So for me, carrying the message. And only the way I can or you can, because we are, we have that alcoholic mind. We've, we've been through this thing. We've been down this pathway. It's about love. It's about hope, giving someone hope. And for me, it's about a commitment to leading a God-centered life. That, that this was never about just the food or my physical body. That, that, that's not what this was about. It was about moving a transformational experience, moving from a, a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. Now I get to carry the message to someone else who's suffering just like someone carried the message to me. Truly extraordinary. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. Melissa C. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, this is like, I think this is my favorite chapter because... um, it like it nothing um has like healed the shame and embarrassment of the things that I've done um and the ways that I've like acted with food and the humiliation that I've you know suffered at the at, at the hands of this disease. Nothing has healed that better than working with other people, <laughs> working with newcomers, working with other compulsive overeaters, it's like I can no longer regret the past or wish to shut the door on it because it is, it's my, it's my in. It's the way that I can um, carry the message. You know, my, when I'm in a face-to-face meeting and I show like my, my fat pictures, um, they're not, I don't show them to like say, hey, look how great I am. Look, look what I've done and, and, and now praise me. It's like, here, this is like testament. This is like true. This is where I was. This is just a physical um, demonstration of where I was. And then I get to tell you my story. And, and it's so that I can be useful. And for me, it's like, it really has healed all the embarrassment and the shame that I ever felt about the things that I've done in the past because it's 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 useful today. It's it's the way that I can actually bring um, something to other people and you know and so the immunity like I just love that because it it makes me think about yeah like Katie had said like getting my immunization and when you get an immunization you know you get um, you actually get that the disease like injected in you. You get it put back in your body again. I need to be in really close contact with this disease. Like I cannot um, run away from it, you know. And any time in my past that I thought I had the answer and then thought I was going to, you know, now take the solution and keep it all to myself, um, I did not remain in the solution. I never had the solution. I Maybe I had a thin body for a minute, but um, this is not the same thing. So, you know, every time that I speak to someone, that I um, have these great conversations and, and um, tell them my story and they tell me theirs, um, I, I feel 
tremendous relief from the food. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa B. Who else would like to share on this first paragraph on page 89? Julie R. Julie R. Laura H. Laura H. Amy G. Amy G. Sarah W. Sarah W. Roz R. Florida. Roz R. Jody E.Q. Here, Jody E.Q. And someone else? Danielle O. Did you say Danielle? Yes, O. Danielle O. Okay, why don't we stop there? So we have Julie R., Laura H., Amy G., Sarah W., Roz R., Jody E.Q., and Danielle O., Julie R. Hi. Thank you. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Over either in California. And this one paragraph is so powerful. You know, it tells me exactly what I have to do. Again, the big book is so clear, concise, has the roadmap for my success. And, you know, when it talks about nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. You know, it doesn't say work with other alcoholics, overeaters when I'm in the mood, or it doesn't say I'll decide to answer the phone if I see my sponsee calling, or it doesn't say that I worked, you know, with several people yesterday, I'm going to take a break today. You know, it says intensive work. That means, you know, that I am going to, if I see somebody that I know that might um, be having a struggle and they're calling me, and if I'm watching a movie, I ask my husband to put it on pause. If it's one of my sponsees, they usually don't call except for their specific time in the morning. If they're calling me in the afternoon, there's something that they need. So I, I answer the phone. And, you know, it's not a convenience thing. I need to stay recovered. And the only way that I could stay recovered is by offering what was given to me so free so that I could help the still-suffering compulsive overeater. And, it's, and it says, you know, we can help when no one else can. It's like my doctors, um, they have my phone number because when they see a, a patient that's maybe you know, morbidly obese or they want to get the surgery, they exercise every day, the doctor. They've never had uh, an issue with food. So they, it's really hard for them to go and tell this woman or man why they shouldn't have the surgery. So they give them my phone number so I can have them identify with me. I can sit there and say, I did A, B, C, D. I mean, I, I talk to people, I fly all the time. The person who, I have to get patted down all the time because I have a lot of hardware in my, my body. And the lady was overweight and um, she commented on how much I lit up on the screen. It's because I have a lot of loose skin. And um, I told her um, how I lost weight because she wanted to know. And she asked for my phone number. And you know what? She's in OA now. That's how I can work. It's, it's, it's not just when it's convenient for Julie. I want to stay recovered. I need to work with compulsive overeaters all the time. And I need to be hearing fifth steps monthly um, because I don't want to die. I will die if I stop doing this work. But with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Julia. Laura H.
Good morning. This is Laura H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Chicago. May I be heard? Yes, Laura H., good morning. Good morning, good morning. Thank everybody for their service this morning. Uh, this is, this is of course, the 12th suggestion. Um, we have this call. My first sponsor says to me, you have been chosen, and that's a big responsibility. Um, you found these rooms for whatever reason. You found OA. And now you have this task. And if you want to stay sober, this is what you have to do. This very first sponsor of mine who took me from the dark tunnels of addiction, and she came in every day with her flashlight, and she led me out a little bit each day. And then I would go back a little bit, and she'd come and get me. She called me, I don't know, about five months ago. And she was a beautiful beautiful person. She is a beautiful, beautiful person. She is working a strong program. And she called me and told me that she was in trouble. And she called me. I mean, she was in jail. And so what I learned from that phone call was that we are sick individuals in our mind. So she had she had worked through the food issue and she had flipped compulsions. And this is this is this is our brain. We are sick. So I remember saying to her, you know, get on the phone. Here's the phone meetings. Uh, get a sponsor. Get to meetings. You, you, can't, you can't do this alone. And um, it, it kind of shook me to my core that my first sponsor, who truly was instrumental in helping me through this terrible disease of addiction, found herself in this predicament. And it's because she stopped working with others. She stopped working her steps. And so I think that for me, that was a spotlight. And um, because I'm being real honest here, I don't always feel like I can be a good sponsor because I have food thoughts sometimes. I'm still not a normal body weight. I'm working towards it. I've lost 125 pounds with, you know, God took it from me. But, you know, don't ask me. I don't even know what I'm doing. Sometimes that's how I feel. And so it's just such a gift each day. When I, I just took a phone call, my, I have a phone call coming at 5 a.m. And uh, it is, I told that, that person, thank you. Thank you for working with me today and have a great day. It just feels so good to know that there's other people and that it is my responsibility. And it's called intensive work. It's not called let's talk about our families. It's not called, let's talk about our work. It's, you know, our, our everyday work day. It's, let's, let's look at these steps. Let's focus on our addiction, and let's focus on the solution. You know, here's where I am. Here's where I need to go. What do I need to do? Let's follow the directions of the big book. And we have to do it precisely, and we have to do it to the best of our ability. And, you know, she was honest with me today. She's just our first call, and she said, you know, I'm going to lie to you. And I said, please don't. So anyway, thank God for this program. Thank you for the steps. Thanks, everyone, for being online. Have a great day. With that, I pass. Oops, I was muted. Thank you, Laura H. Amy G. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for this meeting and everyone on the line. And as Harlan says, Team Monday. <laughs> so we're in the chapter working with others. And if we go back to the prior page, finishing up into action, 
what does it say? It says faith without works is dead. And so here we are in the next chapter working with others. So this is the work that we must do. And as others have said, you know, for me, working with others and carrying this message is a non-negotiable. And why is it that this ensures immunity? You know, why is it that I do what I do? And as others have said, I think it was Larry, you know, that it talks about in the big book, we are selfish and self-centered. You know, we must get rid of this or it kills us. And that our recovery is contingent, my recovery is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. So for me, that spiritual maintenance, that growth is not just about prayer and meditation. It's about work because faith without works is dead. And I need faith. I need that higher power. I need to be connected to that higher power. And when I sponsor you and I listen to you and I speak to you and I hear you, why does it ensure my immunity? Because I am constantly reminded when I get out of myself, what God is doing for me, for me that I could never do for myself. I remember what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. I am grateful for all that I, all that I have gone through and where I'm at now by God's grace, by my higher power's grace. And through sponsorship, I'm constantly getting out of myself and being reminded of that. It says here, carry this message. What message? It's the message of this program and these 12 steps and the transformation that occurs when we work it. It's not just any message. It's this message. And it says it with an exclamation point. It works when nothing else does. That's because I know that when I get on the phone and I share my story or I listen to your story, we are connecting in a way that I could never connect before. And I never got that from the food. I never got that from anything. I have found a purpose. I never in my wildest imagination dreamed that my story, my story of compulsive overeating could have an effect, could help anyone. How amazing is that to have a purpose now, to know that I can be able to connect to someone, to another compulsive overreader like no one else can because I have been there. And I can show you through the process of explaining these 12 steps and help you with your higher power, and together we could do what we could never do alone. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And my job, just as a reminder, down here it says, you know, they are very ill. You know, I'm there to carry the message. I'm not there to carry the compulsive overreader. I can only give the message. I can't help you pick it up. And sometimes that's hard. And sometimes I can sponsor a lot of people, and the only thing I can say is, thank you, God, I'm still sober and abstinent today, and pray for those that are maybe not ready. But I still need to suit up and show up and be willing to work this program. And part of that is ensuring my immunity by being a sponsor and being of service in this program. Fine. It is a non-negotiable. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank, thank you, Amy G. Sarah W. Good morning, Rebecca. It's good to hear your voice on the line. Uh, my name is Sarah W. I am a compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be recovered today. Um, well, uh, there's a lot to the 12th step. It's not just working with others. There's much to it. Um, actually, there's three parts to it. But the thing that comes into my mind when we're talking about this particular paragraph is something that happened to me four years ago when I first started coming on this line. Um, I had called a woman, and I was really struggling with my food and, um, you know, wanting to eat. And the woman told me, you know, work with other people. And I had worked through the steps before, 
And um, it is true. You know, that has been my experience. Uh, there's a beautiful um, writing that is called Why We Were Chosen from the AA Grapevine, if you want to find it. And it really is all about what we're talking about here. Um, I, I like where it has an exclamation mark after it says, carry this message to other alcoholics. Um, and it also says it's a suggestion. But I think it's a it's a really important piece of the program. I think it's a it's a way that I have grown so greatly. You know, for me, I really can't speak for other people. I don't know what's best for you. All I can share is what has been working for me. And I have to remember that if I don't want to uh, relapse and go back into the hell of it, uh, which is more than just eating, it's it's the thinking that comes back and the way I live my life. Uh, I really have to continue working with others. And remember that I need to keep balance about that. Um, you know, I, I work full time. I'm a wife, mother, grandmother, and I have uh, drowned myself in uh, having too many sponsees. And and that does happen. Um, that's been my experience. So I have to keep a balance um, so that I can be of service and be effectively of service. And the last thing I'll say is I'm so grateful for this beautiful program. It has um, just uh, allowed me to um, really enjoy my life and be of service and be loving and kind, which I was not before. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Roz R. Um, Hi, can I be heard? I hear you, Roz. Thank you. Um, my name is Ross R. from Florida, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I I just love being um, in vision and studying the big book as we do. Uh, this paragraph um, is is really why explains why I never had the recovery that I have today. I had this thinness many times over the last 35 years but I never had the peace um, of mind and the change of attitude and the change of the personality that I have today. And it is because of this. I never did this before. I never worked intensively um, with other alcoholics or with other compulsive overeaters. I didn't even know how to sponsor because of the way I was sponsored in the beginning. I mean, all we did was the first 30 questions, the second 30 questions. I mean, everything was very rote, uh, but I never experienced I never experienced the change in in personality, the change in the way I think, the change in the way I act. Uh, today, like other people have said, I mean, I get excited when I see the phone ringing and I see, you know, um, someone calling. You know, I used to wonder, like, nobody called me. <laughs> All the years I was in program before, nobody called me. Um, maybe it was because I was always, I was always uh, out there uh, wanting for me. You know, it was always about me. Every time I made a call, it was about me. Um, today it's not like that. Today uh, I call to see how other people are doing it. I get calls all the time from people. I don't even know how they get my number, um, but it's so exciting. Even when I was in Illinois helping my daughter, I got calls all the time, and I made sure I called each of those people back. And a lot of people called me from Illinois who heard that I was there, and I got to share my recovery, my experience, strength, and hope, and you know, carrying this message to to other 
other compulsive overeaters is a gift that I have today. And I, you know, I didn't notice the explanation point there. You guys are so smart. Um, you, you know, we, we read this line by line, word by word, and, and sharing it. When I go and I sponsor someone and I'm going through this line by line, I was so afraid to sponsor in the beginning. And I shared it with so many people. And, you know, I've learned, I say the set aside prayer before I work with someone when we're sitting on the phone and we take a moment of silence and then I invite God into our um, work together and I find that comforting and I just let, you know, God run the show. I, I do the work, you know, I do the work with my, my sponsees and with other people who call, we don't talk about the weather and we don't talk about what did you go do this weekend? I mean, that comes up sometimes, of course, but I mean, I'm here to work with them. I'm here to do the work to share this program, to share it the way it's written in this book, and to help other compulsive overeaters to experience the joy that I am feeling. So um, thank you for letting me share, and uh, thank you for, uh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Razar. Jody EQ. Thank you. Good morning. This is Jody EQ, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from North Carolina. So this paragraph, uh, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. When I came to my first meeting almost 30 years ago, I was at a normal weight. So I wondered at first, can I be of service in this program? But, you know, there were other people in the room that were normal weight also. And I find that's not that unusual to go to an OA meeting and see people who are not recovered, who are of a normal weight or underweight. So does that make me uniquely qualified to help another person? If I have recovered, yes. I find that today I can I can sponsor people whether or not they are uh, of the same type of compulsive overeater than than I am because the solution is the same uh, abstinence and recovery through these twelve steps. My favorite piece of OA literature is a pamphlet called "If God Spoke to OA." When I read that pamphlet, tears come to my eyes because it does talk about being uniquely qualified to help someone else. And I am. I am a compulsive overeater. OA members do come in all sizes. And I happen to be one of those that was never obese. But as I say, the 12 steps are what carry the message. And if I have worked these 12 steps, thoroughly, to the best of my ability, I can guide someone to do the same using this piece of literature, the big book, and to work these steps precisely as it is suggested in this book. I spend a lot of time sponsoring, especially now because I am not working currently, and it's a tremendous uh, gift and honor to do so, and it does absolutely keep me in fit spiritual condition. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody EQ. 
Danielle O. Good morning, everyone. This is Danielle, Compulsive Reader. I grew up very restless, irritable, and discontent. I came into the rooms at a young age, but I didn't get abstinent until much later. When I looked at that restless, irritable, and discontent, it was no wonder I had problems. I was very, very uncomfortable with my inside my own skin. I didn't understand what the problem was. This book has outlined it very well. I follow it, but I don't follow it to the point where I'm relieved of the bondage of self every second of the day. I still suffer from the human condition, and that is something I deal with daily. I love that this book outlines and gives me the solution. I am brought back to this every day as far as how to deal with my problem. And when I line myself up with God, it is a good day. How do I know that I'm lining myself up with God? Because I'm not beating myself up over something I did or said. And even if I did do that, what am I doing to make it right? So here I have this um, great amount of fear, great amount of emotion that goes on inside me that drives me to do things I don't quite understand. And I sometimes fall into it, and sometimes I look at it and go, all right, what do I do with this? And then I try to deal with it the best I can. I'm not perfect. And so in order for me to find any of this uh, peace and freedom and all the stuff that they talk about is, is always will be willing to be the student, be willing to share that I am still working this a day at a time, that my spiritual condition isn't always at its peak. It ebbs and flows. I rest on my laurels. There are things that I do that are just plain human. And I am more than willing to go to any length to make that right because I want a better life. And I really do have a better life today, a day at a time. So, you know, when I look at thy will not mine be done, absolutely. I need that help every day. And I know that, I I hate saying I know because it's not about knowing anything. It's about doing and watching how this vital sixth sense gets developed within me. So I do have an amazing, loving, higher power behind me and some wonderful people and program who support me. So I know that I'm in the right place. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm loved beyond belief, and I just have to be willing to tap into that. So today I turn myself, my will and my life over to this care of God as I understand him. And uh, I continue to try to do the next indicated step, which is what I do daily. So, And if I fall off, I have people help me put me back on that beam. So thanks, everyone, for being a part of my abstinence today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Danielle O. Would anyone else like to share on this first step? Anita J. Kim J. Okay, wait, wait. The person whose name More ends in J. The person whose name ends in J. It's Anita. It's Anita. Anita. G. And then I heard Kim G. Shannon S. More Z. Right after Kim G. You remember who you were? Maybe. Okay, I'll take Maura Z's name. And I don't know if we'll even have time for the three of you. So, Maura, you, we'll see how it goes. 
and I'm sorry for those who didn't have a turn this hour. Anita J. Thank you very much. This is Anita J. Recovered in Massachusetts. And I just can speak to nothing ensures you, you know, your your recovery than working with others. And I don't know if this is true for me every day, but yesterday it was true that that was my automatic response, working with, uh, spreading the message, responding with the message during a time of, um, what, what, what's the adjective when your husband of 56 and a half years, you know, passed and we finished all the stuff. The funeral was Saturday. Sunday I woke up, started my routine as always, get dressed to go to church, and then I couldn't move. I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't do anything. And I just flitted, is the word, flit, flit from this to that to this. And um, I shared it. I shared it on Facebook. Isn't this something? You know, taking it out of my own head, I did. And I got a phone call. And the phone call was from somebody who years ago sponsored me. And we talk once in a while. And she said, I read what she said. And um, so she's starting to try to comfort me. And then I asked, how are you? And that's when I found out that she was in relapse. And you know, folks, you know what? Thank you, God. My immediate response was to spread this message, especially the way we send it by a vision for you. And look at, this is a miracle. Why do I think it's a miracle? Because God does this for me when I allow it. I spread the message of a that this was the vehicle that turned my life around, the way we do it on vision. And she took those numbers down. You know, I pray she's on the line right now because I know she'll have a whole new world. And this is what I want to tell you. From that moment on, the flitting stopped. The gratitude came back. My focus for the day returned. And... Nothing ensures immunity from um, eating or drinking, but not just that. Immunity from wasting your life, wasting a day, doing God's will. Uh, This is a powerful program, and uh, I give such gratitude to it, and I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Kim G. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jean. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, practical experience shows that nothing, nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. And, you know, we're carrying this message. And I have to tell you, my experience for many years in Overeaters Anonymous was, you know, I had 21 days of abstinence and I would sponsor, or I would be in program for certain amount of time and I would sponsor. And I have to tell you, I wasn't carrying this message. What I was carrying was my, my diet that might be working at the time or I was becoming a life coach where I was telling other people to do, what to do even though my life was falling apart. And I have to tell you too, I, I was listening to a historian talk about 
not a person in AA, but someone who just did their doctoral thesis on Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of the things he said was that he feels that the that AA worships the first 100 too much. That there was a lot of people that died that really um, crafted this book more than the people who made it. So sometimes I like to flip these sentences. So sometimes when I read this sentence, I think practical experience shows that those who didn't work with others didn't make it. This is what they learned. They learned they had to carry this message. You know, for people that are duly addicted or multiply addicted, you know, there are two differences between AA, OA, GA, NA. Those differences are step one, what we're powerless over, and step 12, who we carry that message to. So if we are duly addicted, we're going to have to have a step one experience with that specific addiction, and we're going to have to carry the message in that specific addiction. And I love the way this chapter is called Working with Others. The actual word sponsor is not in the big book. So I want to challenge you today, challenge you, broaden that idea. What does it mean to work with others? You know, have you had an experience? Are you recovered? And are you hiding in the meeting of vision for you where you're preaching to the choir? Or are you going out to face-to-face meetings and other phone meetings and sharing the message that there is a way to recover? You know, are you coming in late to meetings and maybe leaving early in meetings? You know, stay. See if there's someone that, that's suffering. See if there's someone who's returning to OA or new to OA that you can talk about that. You know, the reality of our, our program is that 5% of us, less than 5% of us are probably recovered, trying to carry the message to the other 95%. So what gifts can you use? Maybe you speak well. Maybe you're a good organizer. I'm so grateful for the people behind the scenes and a vision for you. I'm so grateful in my intergroup for someone who does the website because that's a skill set I don't have. Can you organize? Are you willing to stay on that firing line when maybe disease is dominating a meeting and you're willing to stand up and say, this is the message. You must put the food down. You must work these 12 steps. So I just want to challenge everybody. Working with others does not just mean sponsoring. It means carrying this message to the Overeaters Anonymous as a whole, not just in the vision for you, not just in the healthy meetings, but in Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim G. Mara Z, we have a minute or two. Would you like to take them? Mara? I was talking away. I thought I was unmuted. I'm sorry. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, Mora Z recovered in Virginia. Um, nothing, nothing. Oh, dear. Excuse me. Nothing so much. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with others. Intensive work. Intensive work, not passive work. Not, you know, maybe when I have a minute or two. Intensive work. So when I announced the other day that I was available to get people started, to get someone started, someone started, um, and to do 10 steps, um, before the meeting ended, my phone was blowing up. And that tells me that there is an incredible need out there. So I had this thought, and someone said it before me, but I'm going to echo it. And that is, If you're on this line and you are recovered, you've gone through the 12 steps with another recovered sponsor, don't let fear of sponsoring stop you. 
we carry the message because it is imperative for our own sobriety. I carry the message and I work with as many as I can because it is imperative that I maintain my spiritual fitness and working with others is a piece of that spiritual fitness. And that's all I wanted to share and I thank you for the time and thank you for your service. Oh, thank you, Morrissey, and thank you for watching the time there. Um, we've come to the end of our meeting, or the first hour of our meeting anyway. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Monday, August 28, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 10 Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. This is Craig F. and recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you hear me? I hear you, Craig F. Great, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.